0: Drag up that diesel. Head coach and team president Washington Redskins Joe Gibbs. Like that.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Ben Standick here. Hope you guys are. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. We are less than one week away from the NFL draft. And I know it's been a minute since I've had a chance to really kind of get on here and give you guys a fair podcast. So I wanted to do that now. And I'm doing that in a big way. Big guest today, Mr. Tony Pauline from draftanalyst.com. One of the better follows on, not just on Twitter, but really for the whole NFL draft process. I was able to talk to Tony um um, Thursday night, I'm talking to you guys Friday morning so I wanted to get this podcast up we obviously talked a lot about the Redskins situation at, at number 17 and also maybe what they could look for elsewhere in the draft, Tony just put out a new mock draft so we got into that and went through a few a few uh, prospects I think could potentially be in the mix for the Redskins at 17 also got Tony's take on what, what could happen with the Kirk Cousins situation so i'm going to play all that for you guys in just a second um b- before all that i uh, you know i just want to say you know i i i, I sincerely apologize i've not had a podcast up in, in, in a little while here on the redskins front uh no real excuse for that other than to say a couple things i guess one uh I've been busy on the wizards podcast front as many of you guys know i do a lot on a wizards podcast um and wizards obviously they're they're you know because they've been playing and now they're into the playoffs there's been just more kind of more to do there on a regular basis i've been focusing on that and then i also had a couple off the field issues pop up that just sort of cut into my time and 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 i just had to make some calls and um you know i wanted to be i like doing these podcasts a lot i really do but i also want to be as focused as i possibly can and be as prepared as i can and i don't want to come on here and sort of give you guys a half-assed product and you know i've been focusing a lot on the nfl draft i've been Putting up mock drafts consistently over at CSN Mid Atlantic and writing about the Redskins and, and 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 such for my for my site BreakingBurgundy.com. So that's been going on throughout. But um, you know, um, you know, it's it, it's fun to have guests and like I said, I want to be as focused as I can on this topic. If I'm going to talk to you guys, so so that's that. Um, but anyway, I'm going to do my best here to to stay with it and uh, to be consistent. Hopefully, you know, if you guys are subscribed on iTunes, you won't miss any of the podcasts coming up. We are, um, so do that. Uh, let me know if you have any other places you need us to be subscribed that maybe we are not, and I'll be happy to uh, work that out. But uh, if you subscribe to iTunes, you won't miss any of the podcasts or go to Audio Boom; That's where they all pop up as well. Um, <clears throat> so the Redskins, we are, less like I said, we're less than a week out from... The start of the three-day NFL draft uh, next Thursday, Redskins picking 17. As I said here with Tony Pauline, and I've said this many other places where I've talked or or written, um, I think the Redskins are the trickiest team to pick in the draft. You know, I I got into this a little bit with Tony, but just to expand on this a little bit more, you know, I I wrote this on CSN a few weeks ago when, when there was a point where everybody seemed to have the Redskins taking Christian McCaffrey, or Dalvin Cook, and I, I didn't totally buy that. You can argue the Redskins need a running back. I don't know if they take one in round one, um, partly because what you have in Robert Kelly and Chris Thompson, partly because it's taking a running back in, in round one is not great value anymore in 2017, even though I'm not dismissing the, the, the potential upside with McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. Um, but the reason I think that those guys were being often uh, slotted there is, because it is hard to sort of project what teams will actually take a running back in round one. And those guys, uh, especially at, at that point, a month, uh, two, three, or four weeks ago, you know, were, were players that a lot of big boards had going, you know, r- ranked somewhere in the top 10 to 15. It's like, well, where, where do you put these guys? And the Redskins are a good slot to sort of fill in the, the blank as to sort of just put in a player because they could take literally anything. I really, I really think this. I don't – like last year – it was this, we all were projecting defensive linemen for the most part, right? And especially it was a good year for a defensive lineman, we were told. So on and so on. The Redskins needed that. That they took Josh Dodson was a little bit of a curveball. But at the same point, we looked at the situation and said, hey, the Redskins have Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon as free agents after the year. Plus, they don't really have a lot, of, a ton of size at receiver. Josh Dodson can make some sense. We just didn't necessarily know if that's the way they would go. But they did. This is that on crack. The Redskins could literally take everything other than the offensive tackle where you've got Trent Williams, Morgan Moses, who was at least under contract, uh, I think, what, through through 2018, I think. But either way, you also have Ty and Secchi So, uh, and, and just sort of, I don't know if there's any tackle that's going to get picked by before 20. So take tackle off the board. Other than that, could they take every other position? I think they could. Quarterback seems unlikely to me, right? Because, obviously, they're, they're either claiming that they're only on Kirk Cousins or they sign into a long-term deal or whatever. And taking Kirk Cousins would—taking if, if, if a quarterback and keeping Kirk Cousins would be the worst drama of all time, which, of course, means, yes, they probably will do that. Uh, but, you know, look, they could justify taking Kirk, a, a quarterback, especially if they don't know if they're going to keep Kirk Cousins long-term if he doesn't want to stay. So you could see that happen. Running back just went through why that could happen. Wide receiver, you say, well, wait, they just signed, they just signed Terrell Pryor and uh, Brian Quick. Why are they taking a receiver? They already have Dotson and Crowder. Well, Pryor's only on a one-year deal. I don't know if I would take receiver because if you take one, you're sort of boxing yourself into sort of saying, well, we're probably not going to keep Pryor now long term. But they could. And, and look, they, they lost to Sean, with Sean Jackson gone. They lost that speed element. So maybe tight end? Wait, Jordan Reed is, is a pro baller. Why would you get another tight end? Hey, Jordan Reed. Unfortunately, he's had the injury history. And in this in this era of the NFL, you have two tight end sets. There's a couple tight ends who could go uh, by, you know, by seventeen. I think that's a possibility on the offensive line. Obviously, left guard is a, is something of a screaming need. I don't think they would take a center, and then there's no center. You can that's going to go in round one anyway. But guard, forced Lamb from Western Kentucky, that's a possibility. Absolutely. Uh, Defensive line goes without saying. The the problem is the Redskins need a nose tackle most of all. There probably won't be a single nose tackle picked unless you count. If they said there won't be a nose tackle picked in round one, if you count Jonathan Allen as one, I I wouldn't. But um, other than that, I don't think there'll be a single one picked. And and three, four defensive ends, there's just not any really projected in that range either. So that's the biggest need that's out. Linebacker, hey, inside linebacker, again, similar to receiver. Yes, they just signed Zach Brown. So you would think that they're they're good to go for this year, but he only signed a one-year deal as well. So maybe from a long-term perspective, if a uh, you know Hassan Reddick or Mason Foster, or I'm sorry, Ruben Re- Foster get there, they have Mason Foster. Maybe they make that call. You could justify that outside linebacker, i.e. edge rusher. On paper, the Redskins have a lot of options with Ryan Kerrigan, Preston Smith, Junior Gillette, Trent Murphy. Of course, Murphy's suspended the first four games of the season. Junior Gillette. You know, and God bless him, but until he actually plays for the Redskins, we can't assume anything after he's missed the last two years with an Achilles injury. And Preston Smith, I think there's still hope there for sure, but he had a down sophomore campaign, so they need they, they could use more pass rushers, sure. Uh, secondary, you know, between Josh Norman, Bashad Breeland, Kendall Fuller, again, it seems like you could say the Redskins are, are, are pretty good at corner to, uh, on some level at least for at least in the case of Fuller he had a rocky rookie season but he was only a rookie he hadn't played much his previous year in college he was a third round pick so there's already investment this is a tremendous draft for cornerbacks it is very possible that if you listen to what Bruce Allen said in the offseason that they're going to go off their big board this is what the big board will tell them what to do it is very possible that the best player that they will determine to be available at 17 is a cornerback it is very possible so maybe they take one there's a lot of cornerbacks who will go in round one safety. Uh, you know, they just signed DJ Swearinger. They've got, they're moving through a Cravens. You could maybe say that they they look set up for the next year or two, but there are some interesting safeties. And and we'll talk about these some of these positions with Tony Pauline, um, here in just a second. So it's a fascinating draft for the Redskins. I think really, like I said, I I, almost nothing would surprise me. Um, and, and, and by the way, the other factor here is that when you look at the draft, if you look at different mock drafts or big boards, so sort of the top 10 on a lot of people's board, especially in a mock draft, it's just a matter of where they land. But a lot of the same players are landing in the top 10. When you get to like 15 and beyond, though, even all the way down to, say, 35, 40, somewhere in that range, out, which is in early second round, players are mixing and matching. Some people will have a, a, a Malik McDowell going in, the a defensive lineman for Michigan State going in the top 20, others outside 40s. Some people think the, you know, there'll be four quarterbacks in round one. Others think there may only be two. Um, Dalvin Cook, uh, another situation. He could go top 15. He could fall out of the first round. And, you know, again, I mentioned the cornerbacks. These guys, because there's so many of them that are intriguing, th- there are a lot of names who could go in round one that others will say nah, it's too early. So, the that also adds to the question of who the right is going to take at 17. In any event, it's going to be fascinating. We'll have more of that. There's plenty more about the NFL draft on BreakingBurgundy.com, so check that out. All right, and enough stalling here. Let's get to Tony Pauline. A lot of good stuff in here. Some uh, so, some really good insight on the Redskins situation. Some prospects they could pick, and, even, and Tony even drops in a little bit of breaking news uh, as he as he said about one of these prospects. So let's get into this. Here we go. My talk with Tony Pauline from DraftAnalyst.com. All right, and here we go. We're excited for this. Uh, One of our favorite people that we follow when it comes to the NFL draft, Mr. Tony Pauline. You know him from his site, draftanalyst.com, and on Twitter, at Tony Pauline. Tony, I really appreciate uh, your time. Let's just jump right into this. As luck would have it, you just put out a new mock draft today, and I want to go through that a little bit with you, particularly with the Redskins. But I want to ask you this. I'm sort of curious – Um, I do mock drafts as well. Um, According to the huddle report, I've done fairly well over the years. I don't mention that as a brag. I only mention that to say on some level, I guess I understand what it takes to do a, a viable mock draft, not just throw names on a wall like a lot of people try to do. For me, I feel like the Redskins have been like maybe the hardest team I've had to mock for this year, in part because, one, what they need the most, I think, defensive line isn't really there at 17 where they pick in round one. And also, I could make an argument that other than maybe offensive tackle, they could take really every, any position in round one, and I wouldn't think it was crazy, which has, for me, made me crazy trying to figure out what I think they should do there. So I'm curious, as you've looked at the Redskins over this time, we've got about a week to go before the draft, how have you viewed the Redskins and the options for them and kind of how you've gone about thinking what they should be doing at 17?
0: Well, what I've tried to do is I know they need a lot of help in the middle of their defense, uh, you know, defensive tackle, uh, safety. Uh, and you're right. I mean, they're a good defensive lineman when they draft, but they're more outside edge guys, and they need somebody stout up the middle that really isn't that where they select in 17. I think they're going to get lucky in the second round. Um, so, really, I, I, you know, I, I try and do the best I can to stay by my board all along. Doesn't mean I am exactly, you know, at my board, but you know, when I look at their needs, defensive tackle, free safety, or, or just safety, I, I try and basically remain, uh, you know, true to that you know, all, all through the uh, three, four rounds, whatever, dra- whatever, however long my mock draft is doing. So that's basically what I wa- uh, what I would like to have done. But I'm with you. I mean, if there was a really good defensive tackle there. Uh, or, or if there was a good defensive tackle who was the 19th or 20th player on my board, that probably would have been my selection for them in round one. Yeah, no, it's
1: definitely a weird a weird draft. It seems like a pretty good draft, um, especially in that sort of 15 to 45 range. I look at your your thoughts and other people, and it seems like there's a lot of uh, mixing and matching of people there, meaning that there's a lot of depth in there. It's just a matter of opinion on some level, but for the one thing the Ranskins seem to need, it doesn't seem to mesh with where they pick there, uh, before we get to your pick, but this sort of teases into that a little bit. You mentioned the safety position. The, the Redskins signed D.J. Swearinger um, in the free agency. They drafted Sua Cravens last year, last year, who they're moving to strong safety. Um, I guess I'm curious as to thinking about Cravens, what your thoughts were him now that he's moving back to safety, and just your you mentioned safety. Why do you think safety is, is a neat area for them?
0: You know, uh, Cravens is, is sort of a hybrid player. Uh, and again, I'll go. You know, just to answer your question, anything that's going to strengthen the middle of that defense, uh, I think is something that the uh, uh, that the is basically what the Redskins need. Now, you know, just because Sewell Cravens is moving back to safety doesn't mean he's going to be successful at that safety position. I mean, he's more of a Sewell Cravens. Even in college, was more of a downhill type of player, not a guy that was a great athlete. More of a straight line safety, not a guy who had a, a lot of sideline to sideline range. Swearinger's more of that type of player. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, hopefully it works out for of Cravens, but I, I think that's a question that still has to be answered.
1: All right. So with that said, uh, if I had a drum roll noise, I would make that here. But for the drum roll, we've got your pick. You, you did a four round mock draft. So I definitely suggest everybody check it out. I'm not going to reveal all the Redskins pick, but we will go through this at least this first one. You've got the Redskins taking a player that seems fascinating to me, a guy who, I don't know if he's a polarizing player, but it feels like people don't quite know what to do with him. A lot of people seem to really like him, almost maybe a top 10 or 15 player, yet he often falls to the back half of the first round because I don't think people know where quite to put him. You put this guy with the Redskins, and we're talking about Michigan safety, Jabril Peppers. For you, is this more of a, you think Peppers is a really good fit for the Redskins, or there just becomes a point of value where, hey, this guy is too good of a player. He's got to go somewhere. I can't have him dropping too deep.
0: I, I, I think it's more a good fit, but I also think it's a value. So I, I think the Redskins get the best of both worlds. I mean, for the longest time, I had Buda Baker in that position. But Buda Baker, 5'9 and a half. I just can't see him in the middle of round one as much as I really like a Buda Baker uh, as a player. You know, Drew Bill Peppers – I agree that he's going to need some time. You know, there are no guarantees with him. He's just an electrifying defender. I mean, he's a guy, I think, that can do everything at safety. He shows great range. He's got excellent ball skills. He's a vicious hitter. If you watch the film, you know, I don't understand why he's polarizing. And people, I don't know whether they read that you're not going to be able to do things with him. You know, watch the film. They played him over the, over the slot receiver. He did a good job. Consistently made plays in, in space. Physical, aggressive, athletic, and oh yeah, by the way, a, game re- a game-changing game return specialist. So I-, I think what happens is, you know, there's a term that I've used for years. It's called paralysis by overanalysis. And I think what happens is, is you know, sometimes you just overanalyze these guys to a fault, and oftentimes they start to, you know put holes in their games, and they just become paralyzed by overanalyzing. And I think that's what's happened with uh, Jabril Peppers. The guy is a terrific football player. He's also a sensational athlete. All right, And a, a creative or a good defensive coordinator is going to find a way for this guy to fit and really produce, uh, get him into a scheme where he will produce or find a position for him where he will produce and be able to do what he does best. That's what good football coaches do. Yeah, exactly. And, and just so, you know, when I said polarizing, I, I, no, I know,
1: I, yeah, I, I, like you mentioned for you, when you do your mock draft, you're just kind of keeping it to your board. I think other people probably do it a different way where they're like, well, I need to figure out where this player is going to fit. And they can't, you know, some people, I guess, can't figure out where he goes. And that's why it just seems like he seems to be all over the place. Some people have him top 10. Some people have him late first. So it's, it's such an interesting guy. But that would be a fascinating pick for sure. The Redskins definitely need more playmakers on defense
0: um, one way or the other. You know, just let me say this. You know, I, I I don't do mock drafts all the time. I really started getting into this year. My issue with mock drafts are people just look at it as far as what happens on draft day. You know, if a guy gets 30 out of 32, he's a hero, or 27 out of 32, he's a hero. I look at it what's going to happen or what I think is going to happen three or four years down the road. So, you know what, I, I'm looking at the fact that maybe Jamil Peppers doesn't go 17 to the – Washington Redskins, I think he should. I think it would be a good pick for them. But I think two or three years down the road, people are going to say, you know, if he falls to the late part of round one, people are going to say, why wasn't this guy a mid-first round pick? Why didn't this guy go higher? I mean, one of my pet peeves and being in the business so long is, you know, draft day is not the end. Draft day is just the beginning. I mean, everyone, everyone loves it because it's in the middle of the off season and, you know, you can match which with GMs. But remember, it's just the beginning. You know, just because somebody gets 99 out of 100 in their top 100, you know, well, how did those 99 do three or four years down the road? That's what I'm looking for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But mock drafts are are a terrible way to to view the draft, but it's very digestible. And the reality is, for people like my boss, they love it because it's very good for clicks. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh they love it that's for sure there'll be 2018 mock drafts up the day after the uh seven you know literally minutes after the seventh round of, of the 2017 mock draft is over you're absolutely right about that
1: yeah absolutely um
0: all right but so let me ask you so you mentioned peppers there's a few other names
1: that i sort of keep coming uh thinking about and i'm curious what you think about it if they would make, make make sense for the redskins and some of these guys i've seen you have higher or lower than 17 so i'm just curious to ask as again a sort of it's fortuitous that today news came out that Alabama inside linebacker Ruben Foster had a some sort of a positive drug test at the NFL Combine. We have details of it on, on BreakingBurgundy.com. You can check it out there. I'm curious. I did my recent mock draft a few days ago, and I had him going 15 to the Colts, which I believe is where you had him going as well. I'm curious as to does this news from today Did that – factor into your your thoughts with the Colts does that change Do you think that makes him slide and if he did slide do you think he's a good fit for the Redskins
0: I think he'd be a good fit well let's look at it two ways did the news today factor in no because I I I think he's still a terrific player I think the Colts need a lot of help again in the middle of defense and I think you know I I try and weigh more I try and basically weight heavily towards what I see on the film Now. A little bit, a little bit insight, a little bit of foresight, a little bit of breaking news for you. I, I will have an article up Friday, a draft analyst, in which I spoke with two teams and they kind of matched up the players that they had in common in the first round. Neither of them had Ruben Foster in the first round. And basically, what they told me today was the issue with what came out today: failed drug test, or he was watered down, or it looked like he was trying to, you know, get around the drug test. Is is really the best way to say it? That was just basically the icing on the cake. The off-the-field issues, bad behavior, not, not specifically at the combine, the hospital, but there's other instances, concussion issues, the way he plays, uh, that has factored into it. And the more I talk to teams, the more it seems that he may be there for the Redskins at 17, but the Redskins may pass him up because there's just a lot of red flags on him.
1: All right, interesting. Um- now, we mentioned before that there's at 17, it doesn't feel like there's a, an, an obvious interior defensive lineman uh, there. Now, one player who is mentioned generally in that area, if you sort of take a composite of the big boards at, that are out there, is Michigan State's Malik McDowell, but he's also another guy who's very polarizing. I know I, I looked at your mock. You had him in the 40s in your mock draft. I've seen other people suggest he's not worthy of a first-round pick, but other people are very high on what his potential is. Can be where why I guess if you have him in the in the second round maybe that doesn't mean you don't think he could be good but not a first round pick why do you think he potentially slides past well past where the Redskins are at seventeen?
0: Well, you know you said it a lot of potential but you know when you watch the film especially from last year I mean the best way to say about Malik McDowell was looked like Tarzan played like Jane I mean he really didn't show any progress in his game Uh, part of the problem was he was out of position at defensive end. But when you look at him as a sophomore in 2015, he was just such a dominant force. And then his game took a major step back last year. I mean, I didn't see much improvement at all uh, in his game. Uh, and he, he, he turns it on and off when he wants to. It seems he gets by on natural ability. He's not going to go in the first round. I mean... Let's, forget about, my, let's put, forget about my Tony Pauline's opinion for a, uh, for a second. Teams that I've spoke with say, have told me that he is not going to go in the first round because of that. When you get a big man who basically gets by on natural ability alone, that is a combustible formula. That is the formula for a potential bust. Now, it can work the other way. If the light goes on, you know he has the ability to be a dominant interior player. Um, but when, when you watch this game over the past 12 months, from 2015 to 2016, it, it hasn't even remained level. It actually regressed. And, and you don't want that moving towards the draft, especially from a big man or a quarterback, uh, because sometimes it's tough to get it back.
1: All right. Uh, we're, and you're listening to the uh, Locked on Redskins podcast. We're here with Tony Pauline from DraftAnalyst.com. A great follow on Twitter as well, at Tony Pauline. Insight and Breaking News Always really good stuff. Uh, The guy I've had the Redskins in my mock draft, whatever that's worth, the last two times, largely because, like I said to you, I really sort of struggle figuring out what to do with the Redskins. I believe in building up the offensive line as best you can. They have a big hole at left guard. And to me, I kept somehow kept going back to Forrest Lamp, uh, who's considered, I guess, at least the best guard, maybe the best lineman in the draft. You'll say if you think so or not. The Redskins took Brandon Scherf in the first round just two years ago, so that would mean two interior linemen within three years. That may, Some people would say that's bad drafting. That's not good value for that position. I'm curious what you think about Lamp, the player, and the idea of the Redskins taking another interior lineman uh, this quickly after taking
0: Scherf. Well, let, let's go back to Scherf. Remember, Scherf was a tackle, and, I mean, a lot of people projected him to tackle. Now, the Redskins kicked him inside the guard, but – if there's a situation with their tackles where they can't pay him or something happens, you know, I believe that Scherf can also kick outside and play tackle, which was the position he played at Iowa when he entered the, uh, when he came into the draft. I think, I think people were more surprised that they took Scherf in the top five and then moved him inside the guard rather than keeping him outside of tackle. So uh, if they need a tackle, I think Scherf, who I really liked a lot, I understood the pick, can play out a tackle. As far as Lamp is concerned, I mean, it's a little bit higher then uh, I have him rated. That's a little bit higher than his own people have him rated. Uh, when you're looking at Lamp, you're looking at probably, I don't know that he's the best offensive lineman uh, in the draft. He could be the first one selected, but you're looking at the safest offensive lineman in the draft. You know, you look at Garrett Balls, Ryan Ramczyk, uh, Ryan Ramchick, Cam uh, Robinson, they have their players who are solid players who have great upside, but they come with a lot of downside risk. Forrest Lamp doesn't have that downside risk. Or sort of like Brandon Scherf. I mean, Brandon Scherf came in. He wasn't going to be an all-pro on a year-to-year basis, but you knew what you were getting with him. That's the same thing with Forrest Lamp. The other thing with Forrest Lamp is the versatility. You know, you project him as a guard. Some people think his ultimate NFL position is center. He can play left tackle in a pinch. I mean, really, the only reason people are discounting him at left tackle is because of short arms and he's vertically challenged. He's not a really tall guy. But I firmly believe that you know you, you you get a guy out there you let him play left tackle until he proves he can't. We heard the same thing about Jeff Backus. I remember years ago had short arms, thirty-two inch arms, can't play left tackle. Went on to have a twelve-year career, ten-year career, whatever it was a left tackle. Uh, I think the versatility and the fact that he's the safest pick for Slamp will be that he will make him the first uh, offensive likely the first offensive lineman selected. I just think that seventeen. With some of the other players who are likely to be available, I think just, that's just a little bit early for his services, and, and really for the grade that I and, other, and uh, people I've talked with have on him.
1: And I think I agree with you. I, like I said, I just I, I was at my wit's end. I I, I kept I, I studied it way too long. I'm like i screw it. I'm putting lamp here. I'll figure it out. The finale, the final one when we get to him. I, I didn't know what to do anymore, so I went with that one.
0: Um, I know that's and that's what, what happens. That's what happens with my dress because. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. you end up spending an entire weekend, and then you find out you have one or two guys that are drafted twice. If you're doing a fourth round, and you scrap the whole thing, and you're like, "But that's what happens." Yeah, exactly. Um, I know. I've uh,
1: you, you've got you, you were gracious enough to do this interview, so I don't want to keep you too long. So let's do a little. I mean, I'm happy to keep you as long as you want, but I'm sure you've got to go do do stuff. So let's do a, little, a quick little lightning round. I'll just throw out some some t- names and topics, and just talk as, as you need to. Uh, I don't know if the Redskins really desperately need for 2017 pass rushers, or wide receiver. But Derek Barnett from Tennessee and wide receiver John Ross from Washington could be there at 17. The Redskins do have some questions at pass rush, and they lost that speed with Deshaun Jackson. Do you like
0: either of those guys one way or the other at 17 if available? Yeah, I think I have both of those guys uh, rated slightly below uh, the 17th pick. I could see Barnett moving up draft boards. I mean, it could be a situation where – Barnett is uh, people either love him or they're very lukewarm on him. Great pass rusher, guy who can bend off the edge, guy who's a disruptive force, gets a lot of pressure up the field. The problem is, is he's going to be a liability against the run. So while he's going to, you know, he's going to make a lot, of, he'll make a few big plays uh, I, every game. You know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, on running downs so he could get run over. So it may take a little bit of time. I think that would probably be good value at seventeen. John Ross. You know, you can't coach speed. And like you said, they lost to Sean Jackson, and Ross is a burner. I mean, it's a question of, uh, is he going to outrun some of Kirk Cousins' passes? I mean, because that's how fast this guy is. Uh, It depends. Do I think John Ross is worth the 17th pick of the draft? Uh, Yeah, I don't think it would be a bad pick. But, again, when you're doing this, you have to see who else is available at the time. The one thing that concerns me about Ross is all the injuries. He's had uh, previous knee injuries. He's just coming off labrum surgery. I mean, he can run. He's a game. Ber- he's a game breaker. He's a he's a true home run hitter. So, if he gets uh, medically cleared by the Redskins and they take him, I don't think anyone can complain about that selection.
1: All right. So in this four round mock draft, because the Redskins have five picks, you selected five players. I'm not going to spoil them all because I want people to go look at your mock draft and see. I will say you kind of hit a lot of position of need areas. You you've got them taking a defensive lineman around two, a running back later on. Um, sort of debating which one to ask you about. I guess let's go with the defensive lineman Chris Warmley from Michigan. I know one of my writers is a big believer in Chris warmley He's—I don't tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think he's really a nose tackle, though. But the Redskins do play a lot of four-three with nickel packages. What do you like about Warmley and how do you think he could fit with the Redskins?
0: He's the antithesis of Malik McDowell, who we talked about. I mean, he is a guy who goes hard on every single down. He's not the greatest athlete but he's an intense guy, fundamentally sound, powerful. I mean, there were times where he was better than Taco Charlton, uh, you know, his teammate last year, and he created a lot of opportunities for his teammate Taco Charlton. I I think he's scheme diverse. You can use him at tackle. You can use him as a two-gap end. You can use him in a variety of different systems. I also think he's a three-down defender. I mean, a guy who's very good against the run, better than average or better than advertised pass rusher so he can get up the field and get some pressure. I think he's very underrated, undervalued, and underappreciated. And, again, I think he's a guy who I would, you know, I would have no qualms if I was making a choice, if I was in a war room, selecting him in the top 40. And I think he's one of those guys who's going to fall into the middle of round two and he'll go on to have a 10-year career. He'll go on to an occasional pro bowl, pro bowl appearance He's just really a very consistent, very intense. He's football smart. There's not too, much, too, much to po- there's not too many uh, holes you're going to poke in his game. He's not a great pass rusher, but he really doesn't need to be. But still, you know, as an under-tackle, there's an interior tackle. He'll get some pressure up the field. Just, just a real good all-around player.
1: Somebody like a Caleb Brantley from Florida who's more of a nose tackle, if, you had to, if, you, if it was just one of those two guys for the Redskins specifically, knowing what they have, do you still like a guy like Wormley, even if the nose tackle is more of their specific need?
0: Well, I, we're going to disagree. I don't think Brantley's a nose tackle. He's 300 pounds and he okay. gets blown off the ball. I, I think Brantley's more of a three-technique type guy who may be a two-gap end. I, th- I think uh, if it comes to a guy who has to hold the point of attack, I think uh, Wormley do a much better job holding the point of attack because he's much stouter than uh, Brantley.
1: I, you're the one who studies the tape. I'm just the one who tries to make sense of everything you guys are uh, are, are letting us know in the little bit I know. Uh,
0: last question.
1: I, I There's too much to ask about the quarterbacks, and I don't want to, you know, again, tell me whatever you want to say. But you mentioned Kirk Cousins. I, it seems like the Ranskins are going to just stay with him no matter what, even if they don't get an extension. I personally think if they don't get an extension by draft day, I'd look to trade him because he's going to probably walk in the offseason, and then you're going to get nothing and all that. I'm just curious is. You have you have any sense of Kirk Cousins? Have you talk to people around the league? If he's in play for some of these teams that are maybe thinking about quarterback, do they any? You think any of them may be looking at the Redskins to see about Kirk Cousins? And uh, I guess where do you kind of think that 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 kind of ends up?
0: You know, I've talked to people about trades. It looks like Malcolm Butler, the New England's going to be will be traded. Jimmy Garoppolo won't be traded. I would expect something uh, about fifty-fifty with Richard Sherman. I've heard absolutely nothing about uh, Kirk Cousin being moved uh, before or on draft day. Wacky
1: stuff. All right. Well, Tony, I really appreciate your time. Uh, again, everybody, of course, go check out draftanalyst.com. Follow Tony on Twitter, at Tony Pauline. Uh, Tony, really appreciate it. Uh, everybody go check out his mock draft as well. And, uh, hey, look, I, you know, hopefully maybe we can catch up with you after the draft and you have some time to breathe. I know you've been crazy busy with all this. I really appreciate your time.
0: Thanks for having me. I hope to be back with you sometime soon.
1: Awesome. All right, Tony, thanks a lot. Have a good day. All right, there you have it. Tony Pauline, great stuff. He brings it. uh, You know, some people like to think they act cocky and confident. That makes them sound like they know what they're doing. That's not true. Knowing what you're doing makes you sound like you know what you're doing. Um, Tony's not a hot taker. He's got some opinions, and he shares them, and I think that's great. And I really appreciate his time. He's incredibly busy this time of year, so that 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 he was was able to come on the podcast at all was just tremendous. I greatly appreciate that. Hope you guys enjoyed that. More NFL draft thoughts to come here as we get closer to the draft. And uh, you know, check out my mock draft over at CSN Mid Atlantic, and uh, check out all of our Redskins coverage at Breakingburgundy.com. Ben Stadnick signing off. Until next time, see ya.